And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Please welcome Ringo Starr. You watch NFL football? I do. You do? Yeah. It, the Rams are your team? In L.A. In L.A. <laughs> <laughs> I see. No. It came to a point with the Chargers and the you had to pick one. Uh-huh. I'm from Liverpool, where you have Liverpool and Everton, and it, the, the city is divided for one team or the other. And so my big team is Dallas. The Cowboys, really? Yeah. Oh. And for in, se- in the middle of the 70s, I came into L.A., and I was staying a while, and I went over to some guy's house, and uh, Dallas was playing, and, uh, you know, I picked a team. Yeah, in the 70s, you either rooted for the Cowboys or the Steelers, unless you well, happen no, to live in... Because I, I, I'm English. I rooted for the Cowboys, and my next team was the Steelers. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, you yeah. can't do that. No, yeah. So, well, we forgive you. Yeah, you, you, thanks. Yeah. yeah. You, um, I year- actually was so involved with Dallas, the, the team, and the girls. <laughs> and, the, and the cheerleaders, yeah. Yeah, I went to Dallas to buy a house. Really? Because of the we Cowboys? We plane. We flew there, my friend and I. We looked at houses. We went shopping. We bought a pair of boots, and we got back on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. We are back on the Athletic Podcast Network. It's the About Them Cowboys podcast. I'm Kent, producing... Welcoming in to the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. We got the Cowboys on the field at rookie minicamp. John Michaud is recovering from that. He's been covering that. Kevin KT Turner's been at like 20 Dave Matthews Band's concerts in the past week. He's recovering from that. Take me a while. But we'll get into it here. We got a lot to talk about. So welcome in to another edition of About Them Cowboys. KT, how you doing? Well, it's good to be back, guys, and I'm sorry if my voice is a little compromised. I have been on the road traveling. Um, hey, man, and, Ant's marching ain't going to sing itself. <laughs> you know what? They only played it once in three nights, and I'm okay with that. Oh, wow. that's. Um, but I uh, I take my gambling pretty seriously. That's the reason I like this band. I know you can make fun of that band, and a lot of people do, but they have so many songs that you can gamble on what songs they're going to play each night. So it's like following a sports team. They have stats. That's why I like them. Um, it's it's how much did you make? Know it. It's like sports. Very in the lead here. Music. How much did you make or lose on your set list wagering? I'm up two fifty. Nice two fifty right now. Nice dude. Uh, my brother in a big hole right now. So uh, <laughs> we'll see if he can get out of it next month when we go to two more. Um, so the schedule did come out, and I think that's where we should start now. Uh, there's ways we do this sometimes. We do the, hey, just go down and call it from May. Win-loss. Do you want to do it that way, Kent? Or the the other way that we've done it in the past is based on looking at this team's quarterback, the team with the better quarterback, give them the win or the loss. Mm-hmm. Or we yeah. can do both. Yeah, I have, I have made my predictions. I know John has as well. Uh, you know, I think, yeah, we can go into it with the – 
uh, I guess, preemptive disclaimer that we'll probably change our predictions when we talk about these games the week of, because a lot of things will change. So yeah, this is the six month prediction. Absolutely. And of course the Cowboys uh, prominently featured as usual. That's how it rolls. Oh man. I was doing one of these for, for our bears podcast. They, they have one game that's primetime every other one or like two Thursday night games or something. Every other one is noon. Every game on the entire schedule is noon. Frankly, that must be not awesome. That ex- not <laughs> that exciting great. of a team, you know? Well, that sounds that great for me, team. you know? Get to actually, uh, you know, maybe watch a game uh, in the afternoon. would be excellent. Yeah, th- so uh, week one, Sunday night football opener. This time at home. And we're going to do week one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers once again. John, your thoughts? Yeah, not a huge surprise just because... You know, I don't see this being their opener if Tom Brady had stayed retired. But as soon as he comes back, that made a ton of sense. Um, and I don't know, I figured it would be one of the... When you looked at who was going to be on their schedule to begin with, the Tampa Bays, the Cincinnati, you know, Rams, uh, Packers, you know, I figured it'd be one of those teams if it wasn't going to be an NFC East team. And we're at the point now where, come on now, who wants to open seasons with NFC East games? I mean, I just... Who's, who's watching that stuff? I mean, it's the worst division in football, you know? So, no, not a surprise there. Uh, you know, I think that it'll give – you know what's kind of interesting when you look at that game is that two of the top receivers involved, Michael Gallup, Chris Godwin, both might not be playing in that game because of knee injuries that they suffered at the back end of this past season. But, you know, Tom Brady 6-0 and in games against the Cowboys. So, obviously, this isn't – you know, this is a marquee game, but it's the same thing as it was last year, except that it's going to be at AT&T Stadium, and this isn't the defending Super Bowl champs, but that doesn't mean that this Tampa Bay team still isn't one of the better teams in the league, and this could be a preview of a, of a you know, playoff game in January. Yeah, this is uh, this could be your Jalen Tolbert breakout game, uh, although I, not that I would call that, but yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And I always think like Godwin and Gallup had some, Godwin obviously a far better player, but had some some similarities, you know, and, and what they could do. And um, I'm going to put the loss on there, though, uh, for, uh, you know, just because, you know, if the Buccaneers are back. They're probably better than the Cowboys right now. It's May. Tough start out of the gates. You come back in week two, still at home, but Joe Burrow and the mighty AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. That sounds like a weird thing to say. Um, you know, I, I do kind of like – getting uh, teams like big teams. I kind of like getting those games early because it, like from a strategy standpoint, look, you got to play all these get guys, you know, all these teams, no matter what, but like there are teams that don't start clicking until, you know, middle of the year and after that and things like that. So like, if you're going to get some pretty good teams, these are two of the harder games in the Cowboys schedule and you're getting them over with right out of the gate. I kind of like that from a strategy standpoint. Yeah, yeah, the strength I mean, of schedule this year, the Cowboys had like I think the easiest schedule along with a few other NFC East teams. So uh, I think the schedule gods have done the Cowboys some favors this season. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean the way they start is definitely the. T- I mean that's the thing when you look at the schedule. What's the first thing that jumps out at you? To me, it was their start. I mean, this is a start that's not going to be easy for them. I mean, this is a potential two and four start. And when you have a coach who. Uh, you know, there's plenty of talk of how many, how much longer is he going to be their head coach? If you start two and four, does the team, you know, kind of 
think, oh, you know, that this season isn't going the way we want and things start spiraling out of control or do they kind of rally after that? But yeah, no, this top end of the schedule is going to be, it's going to be tough and you're not going to have Michael Gallup for likely the first two, three, maybe four games. Uh, I mean, I guess there's, we're so far out that it's, it's, it's tough to project like what his exact timetable is going to be with his knee, but you have to be planning right now. And the Cowboys will be planning like they're opening the season without him on the field. And that's a key part of an offense that lost Amari Cooper, you know? So it's, it's not like, it's not like, Oh, that's your number three receiver. Like, like if this happened last year and you're like, well, Cedric Wilson can kind of step into the three spot. They'll be fine there. They have Amari, they have CeeDee lamb. It's like, no, you're going out there with, James Washington, who it could be a really good year for him, but it's, it's a it's an unknown. Uh, Jalen Tolbert is an unknown, so you know that's a spot right there where I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe that's that's an area where they add a receiver some point between now and the start of the season if they don't think that they're going to have Gallup at the beginning of the year. But with how tough that schedule is to start out, it, it I mean, it stands out that that they're probably not going to have Michael Gallup for several of these games. Yeah, and then and then you got a week three uh, at the Giants. And that's where, honestly, what you were talking about earlier about the NFC East being so bad, one of the first things I thought about when the schedule came out was, well, it'll be the new Monday night football crew. And I guess that might be, that might make for more work for you, John, like, because you're probably like, you know, you'll cover the game. I know you like to rewatch the game if you can, the TV copy. And then you're going to have to make time to watch the Peyton Manning uh, and Eli Manning cast as well, right? Just to see if they have any observations. I feel like you're going to be loaded on Monday night football. Yeah, the Monday night Monday night games might be worth uh, watching this year for some of the commentary. Whereas before it was like, well, if I want commentary, I'll watch the Manning cast. So, like, I actually want to hear what Joe and Troy have to say. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things too. Where I think, and the NFL can say they don't do this, but they absolutely do. Like, you're going to start seeing Monday night football get more games, and, and that will turn in once again to what they had kind of made Sunday night football. You know, growing up, it felt like, at least for me, in my mind, Monday night football was the highlight event. And that shifted to Sunday night over the last 20 years or so. And I think now you're going to see Monday night football get fed games. Not only are they going to have a couple nights with two games, uh, just a couple of those, but like you're going to see some big Monday night football games. You look at the Monday night football schedule, it looks really good. And I, I don't know... I mean, I don't know if that's just because of Joe and Troy and the, the investment they've put into it, but it is it is a little interesting to me that they're like, oh, yeah, yeah we're going to make Monday Night Football good again after we decided not to for a long time. It might have something to do with the fact that these Thursday games are now streaming exclusive, so that's basically their national TV product aside from Sunday Night Football uh, for yeah. the NFL. So and you say they're getting a lot, a lot of good games. You're saying they're getting a lot of good games, but this isn't a good example of it. If you're not a Cowboys or Giants fan, why would you care about watching this game? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not looking at this as this is like a preview of like a playoff matchup or something. The Giants have been bad for a while now. Uh, The Cowboys haven't, you know, lived up to expectations. So, and it's interesting is week three, Trey Aikman's going to call this game. And then they don't have any other Monday night games on the schedule. You know, that's kind of wild that I just feel like Troy Aikman calling Cowboys games. I mean, there's been a lot of them with them being on Fox so often. And that's the only Monday night game that's on their schedule right now. So that would be the only one that Troy Aikman would call for an entire Cowboys season. That's kind of wild. So no, that's a really good point on that. And that's just the the sign of the times for the division. Um, The the other game coming up after that, the week four game, Washington, a noon game 
at home for Dallas. This was in my uh, list of three games. If you held a gun to my head and said you have to not watch the Cowboys this week, this one made the list. Week four, Washington at home. So uh, the other one would be a little bit later. We'll get to week seven, the Lions game. Uh, but if there was a game that you said, ah, man, you can't, and you got to tell me right now, which game are you not going to watch? This would be one of them. Although, uh, I don't know, week 14, Houston at noon. Yeah. That might be a snoozer it as gets, well. But. That gets saved from just happening at a time in, the, in you know, what could be a playoff run. So <laughs> that, True. Is it gets, is it but at least this one. is a divisional game. And but, you know, um, I don't know, look for silver linings here. We don't know what Washington could be. This year, uh, I don't know. It's always a always a crapshoot with them. So, you know, has that intrigue, I guess. Uh, in Washington, at least, like Carson Wentz is not good, and we know that. But he is, you know, at least going to give you decent quarterback play at times. And they just <laughs> haven't had that. Like you, the, the Heineke thing was always a joke, and I just yeah. Even the, them signing Ryan Fitzpatrick to me was always a joke. Like. Washington could be could be better. Um, I don't know if they'll be a lot better, but they've got a chance to be better. And you know that that does change a little uh, things a little bit in the division. But I don't think uh, not enough to like move any expected rankings in the mm-hmm. division. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Do you know their defense. Yeah, you know their defense is going to be good. At least it should be with all those guys up front healthy. And then they add Jahan Dotson with Terry McLaurin. Uh, you know, Curtis Samuel, like. Antonio Gibson's a good back. So if they can get solid offensive line play and get decent quarterback play, yeah, this is, I mean, would not surprise me if they ended up winning the division, really. I mean, uh, so to your earlier point, I would agree with Kent, though. It wouldn't surprise you if Washington won the division? No, nope. It wouldn't, it would not surprise me at all if Philadelphia, Washington, Dallas, none of them would, no, none of them would surprise me at all. Nope. The Giants would, though, right? Yeah, the Giants would. But I mean, I think that they're in a similar case of, where in a couple of years with what they drafted this year, they could, I mean, when you're bad for so long, you start adding up these first round picks, but oh yeah, no, I get the exact blueprint for Washington winning the division is what they did two years ago. It's they dominate on defense. They run the football. Yeah. Yeah. They back in because the rest of the rest of the division sucks, but Mm -hmm. yeah, no. uh, So, but to your earlier point, I agree with Kent though. The Houston game for me is the one that I would say to not watch. That would be the one. We, Week five uh, at the Rams. Um, this is actually a Cowboys home game most of the time, but the Super Bowl champion Rams, good challenge right there. That'll be a fun one. Yeah. You think the Rams are primed to? Oh, that's a terrible thing. Primed to repeat. I like the the thing. Like no. they're losing Robert Woods, and then they come back, and then their additions. though, are still they're just still going all in on. We'll sign all we can get and get Bobby Wagner and things like that. To just feel like, feel like they could do it again pretty easily. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I look at the parity in the league and I just feel like, yeah, they're going to be one of the teams in the conversation. And that's why this is one of the, you know, this is, this should be one of the games that are, you know, marked on your calendar that if you can go to a a Cowboys game, this is one of the best games I feel like. And plus it's out in LA. So, um, but I just think, I don't know, man, I just look at the rest of the NFC. It's just like. I, I mean, the Rams are certainly there. They're certainly one of the favorites. I just don't look at them as like, maybe I looked at like the Patriots, you know, 10 years ago, where it's like, well, you know, you're going to have to go through the Patriots. Like I could see the Rams making the playoffs, losing the first round, or I could see the Rams uh, going all the way back to the Super Bowl again. But 
uh, yeah, they're going to be one of the better teams. And but to your point, it won't be like that vibe of like, oh, you're in this tough road environment. It'll be you know tons of Cowboys fans at that game for sure. Yeah. Then the next three games, you have the uh, at Philadelphia week six. You have Detroit, and then you have Chicago, and that gets you through October, takes you to the bye. Detroit and Chicago are home games, home noon games. Johnny bringing some family in from Detroit to <laughs> see some Cowboys lines. <laughs> uh, you know that maybe I I doubt it though. We're, I think I think they're going to hold out for another year there to see if the Lions really can turn it around. But uh, I mean, a good draft. I mean, there is there are some similarities between the Lions and and the Giants where it's like when you're bad long enough, you're going to get some good draft picks and, uh, you know, you can kind of turn things around. I'll say this, though. I, I do think like Jared Goff is not great, but I'd rather have Jared Goff than Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, uh, Daniel Jones. <laughs> I mean, if he if he's in the NFC East, he's the second best quarterback, so. I don't know. That's one of those games where, yeah, obviously the Cowboys should win that game, but I don't know. Noon game, they'll be looking at that coming off the Philly game. Maybe they, you know, who knows what their schedule is. Maybe they overlook them. I don't know. Like they've actually, they've they've made some upgrades. It just, I both those games back-to-back Detroit-Chicago, I could see, you know, on paper right now, they both look like, oh yeah, those are both wins, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lost one of those games. I have so, I Chicago we- marked as a trap game. Uh, that feels to me like a uh, you know last year's Cardinals game, maybe a few years ago when they lost to the Bills on Thanksgiving. You know, maybe underestimate the opponent a bit, and they sneak up on you. Yeah, the Bears are so strange because you know they have Justin Fields, and they went out of their way to not really help him that much. I mean, signing you know, mm-hmm. uh, Byron Pringle, you know, is like not exactly moving things. And 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 I like what John said about the Lions and the Giants. I mean, those are two teams that are like probably get understanding internally our quarterback of the future is going to have to be in next year's draft because we weren't allowed to get this one. Um, and also I do think it's amazing for all the conjecture and narratives over the years of the Dak draft and Goff and Wentz. And you just kind of end up looking at it and going and Goff and Wentz are about the same guy, like in terms of what you're getting out of them and where they would fall in the quarterback rankings. Like they're all kind of, well, kind of close down there, you know? Um, so, I, I mean, just scribbling it down as we go, uh, five and three for me on that uh, through the first date from May. What are you, what are you guys? I'm at five and three as well. Games? John? I should have had this with me. I'm looking over it again. I have them sure losing to one. Chicago, the Rams, and the opener. But yeah, I have them at five and three after starting two and four, so. Yeah, that's a, that's a man, actually, I'm starting two and four. Okay, like two and four. Okay, hold on. I'm starting three and one. Yeah, I can't even have five and three if they start two and four. That makes sense. (laughs) So I went uh, two and two through four games. Right. Agreed. And then you got to win against the Giants, win against Washington. So that gets you to two and two. Yeah, I had them. Yeah, you know, I have them starting. I have them starting two and four. And then, uh, and being f- uh, four and four, four and four at okay. the buy is what I have met. All right. So I'm moving on here to the back half. Good buy, by Get the way. Get the bye week. Perfect, perfect week nine, middle of the season. Great bye week. Yeah. Man, if you can avoid the week six bye. Or the so week great. 15 or whatever some teams have this year. It's kind of weird. You know, I, I saw an, uh, 
So the Green Bay turned down. Apparently, the league offers you. I did not know this. The league offers you because they go to London. They offer you the buy after the London game, and Green Bay turned it down because they wanted to buy later in the year. And I was like, mm. man, I didn't even know teams had the – I don't remember this from when the Cowboys went to London. I didn't know teams had the right to decline that buy. It's probably just changed because they're sending more teams overseas now. Yeah, it makes sense. Week 10 at Green Bay, followed by week 11 at Minnesota. Two trips up north, November 13th and 20th. Um, You know, I don't know what to think about the Vikings, to be honest. I think they still pose the same threats that they always have. Uh, We know that covering Justin Jefferson is not a lot of fun. Thielen's not what he used to be, but still dangerous. I, I just don't know what to think. It does feel like a team that's probably going nowhere with Kirk Cousins, but always dangerous every time you play him, right? Yeah, certainly. I mean, Delvin Cook, uh, some of the weapons they have on offense. I just, when I watched that game last year, you know, a lot of people obviously are going to remember it for Cooper Rush and the game winner to Mari Cooper and all that. I remember watching that game throughout and being like, you have all these weapons in Minnesota. How are you not scoring more points? Because even the way they started out the game, they right down the field, you're just like, yeah, this is, there's so many weapons here that, and then you're at home and, places rock and it's a really good home field advantage and you're just like how come you are not taking advantage of all these weapons and people can sit there and say like oh it's because of Kirk Cousins like I was like I don't know man I think it's more than that I think it might have been play calling I just there's I don't know there wasn't it wasn't like he was just oh so many bad Kirk Cousins throws that's why they're not here I just I don't know they just have so many weapons I feel like that they should be taking advantage of them more so that's another game I I put that right there and I and they're playing all these games right in a row here against all these NFC North teams. But other than green Bay, like I feel the same way, Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota, they're all games that, yeah, I I could see the Cowboys winning all three. I could see the Cowboys losing two out of the three. Yeah. No. Well, new head coach for Minnesota too. I guess we should throw that in there. Maybe he could, uh, you know, unlock, uh, unlock Kirk cousins, the green Bay game before that thing for Chicago. Yeah. With Eberflus. Yeah. I mean, is it, you know, that's it, – it feels very hard for me to think that Justin Fields is going to make some big step forward without any – Their mentality is – Legitimate help. If, if if we're better on defense, get more turnovers, that can help us and we'll get them some skill players when they become, you know, available kind of thing. I think that's, that's their mentality and we'll see if it works. But they're putting a lot of emphasis in the secondary and pass rush, things like that. Yeah, and, and it's not the uh, – well, yeah, we'll, we'll just keep it going. Offensive line. Because that, 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 that takes us to Thanksgiving Day with the Giants, mm. which is n- not great. But yeah, the NFL does have a situation on Thanksgiving Day where they know they can pretty much put any game and the whole world's going to watch it anyways. So it doesn't really matter. They did juice up the night game a little bit on Thanksgiving. But the NFL has no reason to put like a really good matchup on Thanksgiving Day. Because the whole world's watching it no matter what. They don't like it doesn't matter. People are gonna watch it. So got the Giants there at home. Pretty boring, pretty boring Giants team. Although Dable could find something too. Like we keep talking about all the new head coaches. There's a bunch of them. You know, maybe he comes up with something. Um and then you get a 10-day break right there, the other mini buy. You know, we're so we've been accustomed to over the past few years, the Cowboys after Thanksgiving playing a Thursday game the next week. And that's not the case. So you get a bit of a break. I saw in the NFL schedule release show that NFL Network did, Matt Stafford was talking about 
um, how they get a, they got a, had a long, you know, Thursday and then a, you know, don't play again until like a Monday night game after that. And how he goes, it's basically another bye week. So if you want to look at it that way, you can. That takes you to December 4th with the Colts um, on a Sunday night. Mike McCarthy was I, pretty happy about that. Talking to him about the schedule that they the didn't have week. to go Thursday to Thursday, that it's almost like another mini buy when you just had a, you know, a buy earlier in, in November, you know. And it's a home game yeah. and, a, and a Sunday night home game, too. So you can sleep in at home and get to the stadium at three o'clock and, you know, do that whole thing instead of traveling and doing a nooner. It is a that nice time break. Of year? Yeah, I I think it's, it's a great time of year. Tough to team to play, right but hey. <laughs> and then when McCarthy was talking about Green Bay, he was like, you know, yeah, I was hoping it'd be like September, October, but early November, it is what it is. But even on that, I guarantee you, he, he would never admit this, you know, I guess publicly, maybe he would, but I doubt it. I'm sure he'd rather be playing at Green Bay than going to London. And the reason I say that is because he always points out like how much travel the Cowboys have. And, and I mean, just think about it. I mean, obviously they're going to have a lot. What other team is that far away from its division rivals? Just If you're just looking at a map of the United States, everyone else's like division rivals are all like short plane rides because that's what he got mm-hmm. used to. I mean, Green Bay, those are yeah. short plane rides over to Detroit and Chicago, Minnesota. Like you come to Dallas, like every one of your division games are all pretty long plane rides, you know? And so I guarantee he was happy that it, he's like, as much as people, you know, that would be a big storyline, him going back to Green Bay. Guy obviously won a Super Bowl there. He has a street named after him there. You know, there's going to be a lot of talk about that, but avoiding the going to London and everything that comes with that or wherever they would have, you know, played overseas, I'm 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 sure he's fine with uh, old November 13th there. So, so out there on... Um... Ten days after you know Thanksgiving, the Colts on Sunday night. Matt Ryan's and, and the Indianapolis Colts. Can the Cowboys stop the run? Might be yeah. Less that's my that concern. <laughs> um, but I don't. That, that was probably on the. That's probably the game on the schedule that I struggled the most with in terms of just putting a win loss on. Right. Uh, I'm gonna for the sake of it and just keeping things balanced. I'm gonna give them a loss, but that's just because I'm a big jerk. And that's because you get the Texans next week and then at Jacksonville. So, hey, also Am I wrong in play- thinking that Matt Ryan is a significant upgrade from Carson Wentz? Because I do. No. And Carson Wentz was not great last year. And that team really had a layup to make the playoffs and didn't do it. And I feel like they do that same stuff with Matt Ryan. They're a much better team. They're certainly making the playoffs. So I don't think there's anything wrong with picking the Colts there. Matt, it's it's less exaggerated, but Matt Ryan could do the same thing that Drew Brees and Peyton Manning did in their career if you protect him and you give him a running game. Yeah, I you asked know, you guys that because I feel like I'm just higher on Matt Ryan than other people are because I when I saw that the Colts got him, I was like, that's man, that's I don't know. To me, the idea of where you where you're at as the Colts team, give me Matt Ryan over. Oh, we're going to draft a quarterback this year and then bring them along, like. Uh, yeah. No, I'll do the Matt Ryan thing. Same like, thing they have with Philip Rivers, you know. Yeah, that's um, so not don't waste well, the pick either on a quarterback. Just push it down the road a little bit, you know. Yeah, and I mean, hey, I'll if s- you're drafting in the top five or six, and you have a class like you know where you got a chance to get Herbert or you know jo- Joe Burrow, some of those years in the past, and right? Like that. I think yeah, they drafted Jacob Eason it, but, like in the third round right. a couple years ago. That didn't work, and so yeah. they're like, yeah, let's not do that anymore. Let's right. until we know it's the guy. <laughs> Yeah, and when they made the Carson Wentz trade, I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, 
well, what are they going to do? Like, they're not going to be serious about Sam Ellinger, right? Right. <laughs> like right. They're going to do something. But what's interesting is there's still quarterback chips to fall, like Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo. True. Like, they're going to probably play somewhere, but there may not be a spot for them. In Atlanta right now, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they go with Mariota or if they go with Desmond Ritter. But, like, they may just go Mariota and go full tank mode. It doesn't feel like something that, you know, their owner would want to do, but – it's kind of a kind of odd thing there. It's going to get, take about uh, a couple months to get, to get used to seeing Matt Ryan in a Colts uniform the same way it did with Philip Rivers. You know, that takes us to Houston, who is garbage, as we know. Um, and then at Jacksonville, look, if you're going to play Jacksonville, you would want to play them in December and not in September, right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And KT, I know you are a stickler on Dak cold weather games. Doesn't look like a lot <laughs> of uh, cold weather games this year, aside from the uh, Washington game. And he might not be playing that one. So yeah, Green Bay will probably be in the 30s. Yeah, it's maybe it's even uh, in the 20s. November 13th. Maybe it won't be super cold, but uh, right. Yeah, you lucked well, out being yeah. inside in Minnesota. You're home uh, for uh, uh, Indianapolis. You don't have to go up there for that. So Philadelphia is at home too late. So we'll take it. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because there is pretty much nothing on the schedule outside of what's coming up here. Christmas Eve, uh, you get the Eagles. Right, that's going to be a Saturday game, uh, and then you have Thursday night at Tennessee. There's your cold weather game. That's what I'm saying. Watch that one be zero degrees and like four inches of snow, <laughs> and they have to win to make the playoffs. But you can say that about we, the playoffs too, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Like we'll, like run into I'm it. talking about like the NFC playoffs. Yeah, they'll they'll run into uh, something. No, no, no. But I'm saying like other than Green Bay, who other is than an Green NFC- Bay. Other, yeah, than, that's true. other than Green Bay, who's an NFC playoff team that really plays in cold weather? Because we kind of went through it this past year where I was thinking about the same exact thing. Yeah. Other than other than Green Bay. Maybe NFC East, if you have to play any one of them. I don't know. But a wild it, card. It, it, yeah, if, yeah, if you're the wild card or something. But yeah. I just, I mean, you're getting two NFC East teams in. That seems like what a crazy season that's going to be mm-hmm. if that happens. And then just because you look at the NFC North and it's just like, okay, like, do you really expect Minnesota or the Bears to make it? You know, like where you would be going on the road and playing either one of them. Where's so the like, Super Bowl next year? Florida? Uh, Vegas. Vegas? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. But I uh, like can tell Chicago or Seattle are good again. <laughs> uh, and then uh, otherwise, your only other option in that uh, division would be like the Eagles or Washington. Right. I mean, the conference would be the Eagles or Washington. Right. You know, like it's, there's just not, you're right. Cause we were talking so about take care of the division. You don't have to worry about that stuff, man. The Eagles yeah. birds with friends, friends of the show. Uh, you know, we'll talk to get some smack talk going here again with Bo, but they are so confident and cocky over there right now, guys. It's well, ridiculous. for me, Hey, if it, it comes down to one thing with me and it kind of goes back to what KT said at the very beginning of this, do you want to go down this and, and break it down by, teams or do you want to just do it by quarterbacks and for me when I look at the Eagles it's all about the it's all about your confidence in the quarterback yeah if you're saying those guys feel that way then they are very confident in Jalen Hurts I'm not as confident in Jalen Hurts like I think he can be a solid quarterback I don't think that he's he's the guy that's going to take you to uh you know playoffs after playoffs after playoffs you know but hey this is an organization in Philadelphia that had Nick Foles win them a Super Bowl in 2017 it's not that long ago so if they believe Jalen Jalen Hurts can keep the ship afloat, and obviously they add an AJ Brown in there, uh, yeah, I can see why they would they mm-hmm. would be excited. They, yeah, wouldn't I mean that everyone should understand that's the Cowboys' biggest competition to for the division. So yeah, they they should be confident. I I think that they could have a really good year, but 
that remains to be seen. If you tell me Jalen Hurts, you know, sucks, how far is that team going, you know? Yeah. No, and there's so many games where Jalen Hurts is just rendered ineffective in the first half because that defense has a good game plan for him or has the speed to not allow him to, like, get out of the pocket. Now, he had some few games where he put up some garbage time stats as well. Um, and, you know, who's – I'm not saying a guy can't improve, you know, but it it does seem like there's a long way to go with him. I ended up at eleven and six, um, which is very safe. I think the Vegas odds were nine and a half, though, so uh, I'm pretty confident taking the over at nine and a half. Wouldn't you guys be? I would. I think ten is exactly where I think I, I would feel comfortable at ten. I did eleven and six on mine as well for for the athletic, but that was like kind of a quick looking at everything, the way it all fell together and uh, kind of had them bouncing back after starting two and four and that. But just, I think what for me, another thing that factored in is I had him winning 10 games last year. So I didn't want to have the exact same 10 and seven, but I think 10 is, is right where should be where, where people are at because you can sit there and say like, Oh, you had him at that last year. Why would you have more this year? Well, I think the schedule is easier. I think it's more favorable this year than, than last year's schedule was. I also factor in that this will be another year with Dan Quinn's defense. While I don't expect them to take the ball away as much as they did, because I do think that there is a little bit of luck involved with that. I do still expect them to be amongst the league leaders in takeaways though. Uh, and I think this defense will be a lot better. I think that, uh, you know, there's been so many years where we just look at this team I mean, for the most of this last decade where it's like, it's all about, well, let's see how far the offense can take them. This is the first time in a long time where you're just kind of like, maybe the defense carries them a little bit. And so we wanted the, the, a little more focus on offense in the draft and things like that. Um, I did the, the whole uh, quarterback exercise as well, though, and which is very subjective. But I ended up where if you just look at the team's quarterback, projected starting quarterback as of right now, who wins the game? I have the Cowboys at thirteen and four. And yeah, that well, I can tell you this right now: if you if you have the Cowboys at thirteen and four, you can take the quarterback out of that because then that means you think that they're running the ball well. Because if they don't run the ball well, and you get the DAC when they're not running the ball well, and you run it back, then you're not having them anywhere close to thirteen wins. We just saw too much of a sample size last year. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm with you on that. I'm with you 100. percent That's where. It- Things got well. We we don't have to rehash all the things that we talked about with the team and why it went bad last year. But but yeah, you know what I meant. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Now, we did, uh, we got a few other things to get to. We did talk about um, uh, rookie minicamp. I want to go back, though, to, to Jerry's uh, draft board that you, you pieced it together. Hey, I mean, look, you never surprise me when you do some good detective work, John. Um, but how did you figure out what was on their draft board when Jerry kind of shot up the uh, shot up the board uh, on, on night one of the draft? How did you uh, go through the process of figuring out who the fourteen players that were actually on their board were? Well, I mean, Ken's the reason we got this done. He's the one that was able to. Uh, do the technical side of it and start piecing things together. Uh, but you know, Kent and I had been talking about like, man, if we could just get a, a somewhat decent picture of that, that we could po- potentially like break something down. And, um, it's, it's funny because, you know, even with me sitting in that front row, uh, I took like some other pictures, like trying to simulate like that over again. And I still don't even think on my phone, I would have got something as clean as yeah. this tweet that Mike Leslie put up because, Basically, what happened is that Mike Leslie ended up getting what their what what their camera guy shot, and then kept zooming in on that, and then he p- tweeted about it. And then so when he after he tweeted about it, I sent it to Kent, and I'm like, I don't know, like I feel like you can make out, and like at that time, all I was out of I think there's 39 names on the front. I feel like the ones that stood out at were like first Caitlin. glance, I, I I could name three names. Yeah. Just by looking at the tweet from Mike, I was like, okay, if if I get these three names, then that's like, it's almost like a cipher, right? It starts piecing the rest of it together. Right. And and so I pulled it into Photoshop, uh, got the exact font that they used on there <laughs> because it, it's Jerry. So you know it's going to be something super generic, Helvetica, uh, all capital letters for the last names, regular uh, capitalization for the first names, and then a school next to them. So you know that's how it's built out. So based on who the other guys were, and uh, you know who the top 100 players were, uh, according to the Athletic and some other sources, uh, it's just an hour, a couple hours of mixing and matching names and schools, and uh, talking to people who we knew kind of where the Cowboys had guys and stuff. Say, is this accurate? Is this not accurate? That kind of thing, and. Uh, I thought the in- most interesting thing to me, which is extremely obvious when we started, it was where they had Linderbaum, which was like middle of the second round. And 
I guess that was the big talking point, you know, coming out of night one and uh, is, is how, how they value Linderbaum and people say, oh, they had Lewis, Lewis, Lewis seen, uh, ranked ahead of Tyler Smith and they took Tyler Smith. And to me, that just confirms how they viewed safety. You know, nothing, basically nothing they said in the press conference afterward, like disputes anything that we found out in this. It just kind of doubles down on their mentality as a team and their draft strategy and, yeah, they did stick to the board because he was the best player of need uh, available. Yeah, and and the easiest ones to grab right off the beginning were Linderbaum, Aiden Hutchinson, and Kayvon Thibodeau, just the way that their names stood out. The other yeah. thing, too, is it was really Kyle important. Kyle Hamilton was very obvious, yeah. too. I could read that one. The other thing is that it was really important to have the colleges there because we only we published the 34 out of the 39 because the bottom five just didn't feel comfortable enough about. Um, so... They're having the colleges and being able to piece them together, especially when you're talking about like Georgia. So we, you look at like the Packers taking two guys from Georgia. It was easy to piece together like, oh, yeah, like Georgia is definitely the same name on both of these guys here, you know. And yeah, the schools, uh, <laughs> the schools actually would match on some. Yeah. And there were some I was actually surprised because I did this without, you know, basically just doing it, ciphering it out. And then I would say John would say. Oh yeah, that guy's highlighted in red. He does have an injury concern. So that yeah. was right. I was like, holy crap. So I did it without even knowing the guy had an injury concern. It ended up being correct. So it was a really fun exercise that, um, you know, there were a few like at the bottom of the list that we couldn't get because it was just too blurry. Like the further you went down the list, the more blurry it got on the image. Yeah. And so, you know, credit to Mike Leslie for putting that out there and, and a lot of, uh, you know, piecing it together with, um, so one of those names down there at the bottom that I felt pretty confident about, but the Georgia didn't match up with the other Georgias. Um, but I, I, I mean, I swear it looked just like it. We really think one of those bottom five is George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia. But one of the others that we conf- debated confident was enough to go along. Abiketti or Kenneth Walker. Right. And the more that I played with the text, the more Abiketti fit there. Kenneth Walker just didn't quite fit. Uh, and so that's one that could be either or, but we're way more confident that it's Ebiketti than, than Kenneth Walker. And then the thing that made me the most nervous was that um, we didn't have, we could not find Trevor Penning. And I just thought, mm-hmm. hey, this is a yeah, team that needs offensive match. tackle. Why wouldn't he be on here? And so Kent ran his name through all of them and just couldn't find a match for Penning. So outside of that, you know, I mean, okay, there's a little bit of, you know, he mentions having Lewis seen up there where you're just kind of like, man, that's kind of, man, they had a first round grade on him. I don't know if that matches up, you know, that seems kind of bold or whatever. And then what was the other one that was on there? Oh, the uh, Iowa state running back. Yeah. Brees Hall. Uh, ha- oh, yeah. Brees having Hall, Brees Hall yeah. having him that high. I was just kind of nervous, but, but yeah, no, Kent's right. Like I haven't heard anything back from anybody. Uh, nobody has told me uh, from the, t- within the team that, that any of them are wrong or that we messed it up or anything like that. Like, that was a part of it too. Like when it, when I nobody will ever like, know. I'm, I mean, there, there might be a few wrong, but what are they yeah. going to do? Say <laughs> confirm or deny that we're wrong? No, you know. So uh, I'm confident that thirty that thirty four of them are right. But if yeah. you told me one or two were wrong, I'd be like, okay, I guess that could potentially happen. If you told me ten were wrong, I'd be like, no I, way. I would no I'd no no way. I'd believe you. There's yeah. just no way. It, it, it's it's really it's really great investigative work. And after like you guys pieced it together in the article and all that, you do start looking at it really closely. And it is funny how important what you said, Ken, about the schools too. Cause you, you know, there are so many Georgia players and there's always so many Alabama players mm-hmm. and you can almost go, well, there's the exact same 
and just kind of looking at the text. Uh, there's the executive school there, and so you could tell that, that you could tell the schools that had state next to them too. Yeah, so it was something state or Utah. You know, the extremely short school or. Uh, the other thing I found was interesting is that the very last name on the first round grades was uh, Jameson Williams, and the Lions went and traded up for him. So you can just see where they probably had the same deal where this is like, we want a wide receiver. This is the last of our first round grades. Let's put both of our picks together and go up and get him because everybody we have after this is is going to be a second round grade guy that we could potentially get. So if we can't trade up to get here, mm-hmm. then we just stay with our back end of the first and our early second pick, right. you know? But yeah. it's like, oh, this is our last of our first. Let's go up and get it. Because that's the thing, like, you know, for all the talk about like mock drafts and people like, you know, make fun of like how many people do and stuff like that. Like I was telling Ken about this, like you look through that first round, like there's not that many that are that far off from what you saw in mock drafts. And also the fact of like, you know, Steven mentioned this after the, I don't know if it was the first round after the draft was over. He's like, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, you talk around other teams and things like that. There's a lot of like, you can, I bet you that Obviously, other teams' boards are going to have certain different players and stuff like that. But that Cowboys board, I find it hard to believe that there are other teams who are just like, that looks nothing like ours. It's not, like, yeah, right. It's not like a, the Cowboys or the Patriots, right? It's not like they're going to have just this random players that no other team is looking at as a one. It's just not, that's just not how they roll. So it's a little easier to piece together that way. But even with the Patriots, I could see the Patriots board looking exactly like that Cowboys board. And it, and it was, they and, and and Belichick wanted Cole Strange the entire time, and he was like, "This is our board, blah 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 blah." But he didn't want anybody else in the organization, any scouts, anybody else saying anything. You know, po- their board possibly getting leaked and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, or information on it. But it was like it was always going to be Cole Strange, you know? Like yeah, it, the, like the draft day movie. Sorry. One uh, one other observation I had was kind of how they ranked the receivers, and they had Traylon Burks. I think a little bit uh, over, you know, top ten, maybe in the second. And it just yeah. shows you that they valued these third third round, fourth round receivers. I bet you their next sheet was full of receivers. And that's yeah. the direction they went. We just thought that they would be a lot higher on some of these high tier receivers. And it looks like Burks was maybe one of the only ones that they were into. And they had uh, Chris Olave too, was a one. Uh, yeah. So yeah. But you also got to factor in. The or CD no, Chris Olave was their first, second round player. You also got to factor in the CD Lamb uh, effect on this too. Like, yeah, they can sit there and say that they really like Burks or Olave, and they had him in the building. But let Jamison Williams fall all the way down to them. You're telling sure. me that they're not taking him? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let you see. You know. Yeah, now throw a wrinkle into their plans, um, and it does also show that they probably did a pretty good job of accurately road mapping the draft. Like they also, went, this is probably how it's going to fall. One of those wide receivers that we like, like Jameson Williams, probably not going to get to us. We'd be ready to rock there. Also, yeah. the fact that Giants got the top two players on their board. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau yeah, and Evan Neal. So, Which were easy to tell on the names, right? Thibodeau, which you said, but Evan Neal was just as easy as well. Mm-hmm. Two very short names right there. Very nice. Um, anything from a rookie uh, minicamp uh, that we should get into there, John? Yeah. Um, I got a bunch of things. I guess I'll just start with in no particular order. Tyler Smith left playing just left guard, you know, uh, left tackle. doesn't look like they're going to put a lot on his plate right away. Obviously they want him to be able to play both, but early on here, uh, left guard was where he was at when we were, when I was out there for the two days. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I'd say another thing that, that stood out to me was just, this is the first time, well, I mean, we got to talk to him a little bit after draft, after on the draft call, but Damone Clark, 
it was interesting hearing him talk about, you know, him having that surgery and, and how it's pretty similar to what Leighton Vanderesh had. And now being in the building with Leighton Vanderesh, he said that that really, you know, makes him feel even more comfortable with what happened that Leighton was able to come back and play after this type of procedure. But the thing about that too, is the fact of, I don't know how many people even know about the Damone Clark issue with his, with his neck and, and it's one of those things where it wasn't like he was in pain or anything. He played the entire season. It was, he went to the combine and during the medicals, that's where they found him. We're like, yeah, you're probably going to want to have, you know, you're, there was like a herniated disc. You're probably going to want to have surgery on this. And so he was saying he's never missed a game. Like he never thought like anything was wrong with him. Like throughout his career, he's had like little injuries, but nothing major. Um, I don't know, just being around him, he certainly seems very confident. He's going to be able to come back from this now. No timetable. You know, there are a lot of people think he'll miss this entire season. There's a chance he comes in at the back end um, for sure. Uh, not for sure, but there's a chance he comes in and, and, and could potentially contribute on the back end of the, of the regular season. Uh, Jalen Tolbert uh, saw him playing on the outside, saw him in the slot. Jalen Tolbert out of his rookie class is going to have the biggest impact. He's going to get the most opportunities. And, and I feel that way, whether Michael Gallup's healthy or not, like they just, they're going to put him out there. And it, and it's interesting that when you talk about that, those second round receivers can't, I could see this guy being one of those guys they had there and it came down to him or Sam yep. Williams in the second round and they end up going with Sam Williams thinking that maybe there's a chance that we, one of these receivers that we have in the second round will fall to 88 and Jalen Tolbert did. And I can just see how they can, they like him. I mean, he's got some CD lamb to him and he's got a little bit of Michael Gallup to him. You can certainly move him around. So of all this, all these rookies, I see him making the biggest impact right away. Uh, Sam Williams. And I, you know, I think the big thing with him is that, there were a couple couple plays, and even Mike McCarthy talked about this on Friday, where, again, they're only in helmets. They're not wearing pads, but you could just see the speed and how quick he, he's able to get off the line. Like, he's going to be an impact player there uh, with his speed immediately. So, again, he looks so jacked, Sam Williams. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, because you specimen. think of speed rushers. You know, you think of a guy maybe more the, like the length and, and maybe a little bit leaner, like a Randy Gregory, Sam Williams is, is, is stockier than Randy Gregory, but that's, that's how he wins is with, with his speed, at least early in his career. That's, that's what the expectation should be there. Um, Mike McCarthy said he thinks Zeke's hundred percent back healthy talking about how they clocked him on one of his workouts at, you know, running 22 miles per hour, th- you know, things like okay. that. The, Can we, the, the, the I've seen, GPS. I've seen this been put out there. Zeke looks quick again. Have we said this every year? Well, yeah, but this one, I don't think anybody would say looks because we haven't seen him. This is all, anything you've seen written about him is all because of what Mike McCarthy said, because we didn't see, I mean, he was at rookie minicamp. Specifically me coming off the injury, but I feel like every year in the off season, we're like, man, Zeke looks fast. This is, he's going to be back this year, guys. Yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously there's going to be your Eddie Lacy's, but where you're just like, whoa, what is that mess? But for the most part, that's. You can take out Ezekiel Elliott's name, and you can take out Dallas Cowboys, and you can replace it with any other team name and any other player. That's how that's how off seasons always are. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Running back looks fast. Wide receiver, you know, yeah. looks lean. Uh, you know, pass rusher looks, you know, as quick as he's ever. Uh, you know, uh, quick twitch arm looks good on this quarterback. Like that's always going to be what it is this time of year for sure. So, but it was just interesting that he mentioned that. So I just wanted to throw that in there. But yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen. But it to me. Zeke, Tony Pollard, that offensive line, that's the key to the entire season for me. Like, it really is. Like, if they can run the ball back to the way they did, you know, early in last season and in previous years, everything will be fine. If they can't, you're going to see the back end of this past season where Dak's having a hard time finding open receivers. The way defenses are going to be playing their shell coverage on the back end, 
There are going to be problems. You need Zeke to play well. You really do. Or or Tony Pollard takes another step. So um, I'm trying to think what other rookies here. I mean, again, let me, I don't want to overstate this here, but we're talking just helmets, no pads. These guys sure. are going for like an hour. And there's previous years where like it's I mean, it's hot out there. It's in the 90s, you know, and there's guys that aren't from Texas. They're not used to that. You've seen guys puking, things like that. They're just like, I never saw that out of, out of this this group the, these past two days or anything like that. But Mike McCarthy still said that they were overworked on Friday, so they dialed it back on Saturday. When he says that, it's because, like, traditionally you look at it and you're like, yeah, there's guys, a lot of guys, you know, sucking wind, needed to get, you know, Gatorade or puke and stuff like that. It None of that was seen. Mike McCarthy's going off of, again, he's big on their GPS numbers, the readings that they have after. And the reason he's saying that, too, that they dialed it back a little bit is because these guys next week, or, well, it'll be this week when this pod airs, are going to be working in with the veterans now. You know what I'm saying? OTAs are there. You know, you're trying to uh, get them acclimated. You don't want to overwork them and have them get injured at rookie minicamp, and then they can't contribute. And to be honest with you, that's one of the best things that the Cowboys did last year is they brought guys along, didn't have a lot of those injuries type things. That 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 was one of the reasons it was so di- disappointing that they played the way they did against San Francisco is because they ramped up, kept guys healthy, kept guys out so that they would be ready to go at the end of the season. And everybody was for the most part. And then you lay that egg in the playoffs. That's one of the other reasons why the, everything was so disappointing. But I think Mike McCarthy does a good job of managing these guys and not overworking them. Yeah, no, absolutely. There was always like clearly like an emphasis with him is just making sure that we go into the season as fully loaded and ready to go as possible. So I, and I, I do think that is very important, especially in a league that just added another game too. you know, I do think it's very important. Like you start looking at things, but that also makes me get so suspicious when there are so many questions about like, why, I mean, like the, the way they managed Zeke last year was very questionable to me. Which is easy to say when you look at Zeke's performance, but it was still very questionable. But I know we've talked about all that. We don't have to like rehash it. Yeah. Feel like I agree with you, and then you get in the season, and but there's also elements in play of you know uh, players and big time players on the team and how much sway they have. And oh, I'm not sitting out and things like That's that. That's exactly what happened it. there. I mean, he had a he had yeah. a, he had a knee injury that he definitely could have taken two or three weeks off, you know, maybe even longer, but he wanted to play. And because he wanted to play, Mike McCarthy wasn't going to step in the way and be like, no, Zeke, you're not playing. You're, you're sitting out. So he let him, you know, they let him play through it. Um, and I would think that that's because medical staff said it couldn't get any worse. But even with that, it still meant you were going to be limited. Uh, to a certain extent. Uh, one other thing I was going to mention is uh, the punt return thing. You know, CeeDee Lamb has been their punt returner. He's their, he's their one now. I mean, you can't be having him back there punt return. He'll do it from time to time, but I don't think he'll be their primary punt returner. They had several guys working on that. Um, you know, Jalen Tolbert, you could see working into that role, but I don't know that he's a natural punt returner. That's something that maybe he could potentially become. They could, they could work that in. Uh, but that's the thing with Jalen Tolbert, man. It's just like, there's a lot of still scratching the surface here because this is a guy that was, you know, a baseball player throughout like middle school, high school. He really didn't start playing football until like 10th or 11th grade. So he's still pretty, pretty new at, at, in terms of, you know, he's not any, like he thinks he's not anywhere close to reaching what his ceiling could be, you know, still pretty raw there. Um, so that'll be interesting to see where that can go. Um, obviously all these rookie draft pick contracts are slotted within, you know, a certain amount. So you, you know, you kind of feel that, I mean, the Cowboys have never had issues before in signing their, their draft class, but as of right now, you know, they have six of their nine draft picks signed. The, the three that are left that aren't, aren't signed are their second, third and fourth round picks. So 
Sam Williams, Jalen Tolbert, Jake Ferguson. I mean, I don't see any issues in getting those guys signed. And, and it, it's kind of interesting because I could see all of them having an impact right away. Again, Jalen Tol- Tolbert, I think, starts right away. Sam Williams, I think he'll be a situational pass rusher. You're probably not going to have him out there on first and second downs, but third downs, you know, long passing situations, let him pin his ears back to try to use his speed. Uh, Jake Ferguson, they need another tight end. You know, they need somebody else to play opposite of Dalton Schultz that can block and, you know, catch passes here and there. But they need to get better at tight end in, in their blocking to help that run game, to help Zeke and, and that. So that could potentially be Ferguson. Um, and as people have probably seen, uh, you know, Anthony Barr is a guy that the Cowboys are interested in. Uh, so just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, you know, the contract thing needs to work out as of right now, it's not, but it is interesting that the Cowboys have interest in Anthony Barr, despite having signed, you know, they go out, they've made moves, even though they lose out on Randy Gregory, they go out and they, they re-signed Dal- I mean, they re-signed Dorrance Armstrong. Um, they go out and they draft Sam Williams. Uh, and then, Dante uh, Fowler. yeah, and then they had, they had Dante Fowler and then, uh, there was some other, what other, I feel like I'm missing some. Okay. But anyway. If Anthony Barr is added, I think it's more as an outside linebacker type thing where he also edge rushes from time to time. But, uh, you know, George Edwards had coached him in Minnesota. Obviously, Mike McCarthy's very familiar with him in his time in Green Bay. So that's one player to keep an eye on when you hear the Stephen Jones or, you know, free agency is not done yet. Things like that. You know, obviously not a big contract. They're looking at one year deals with guys. But that looks like maybe adding another defender that can play linebacker can come up. That could be something they have interest I'm still not completely sold on them being done at tight end or wide receiver just because they need a good, they need some good blocking at tight end. And if you don't think you're going to have Gallup early, why not bring in another wide receiver? That might not be not now. None of these things might not happen for a while, but I'm just saying like, those are some areas to keep an eye on. What about, what, what about running back like, in case of a Tony Pollard injury or a Zeke injury? Super in high in Rico Dowdle. They like they really like okay. Rico, Rico Dowdle yeah. to uh, return kicks and be that number three running back. Uh, they really like what he showed before he got hurt last year, and uh, he's he's probably the biggest reason why they didn't end up drafting a running back at, at the back end there, whether it be the fifth rounder or in the sixth, because they like really like Rico Dowdle. Um, now let's also talk about this. Uh, Eric Johnson, the mayor of Dallas, got into you know he he, he really just started stirring things up. Um, and he, uh, had some comments the other day when he was asked on Twitter about, uh, you know, uh, adding another team to the city. He said, we need an AFC team that plays in Southern Dallas. Uh, I would never, I would never want it for a fan base or attendance or support from the city or Dallas. Who wouldn't want to see a, a Dallas versus Dallas Super Bowl in the city of Dallas? And he went on to talk about how Dallas is about to pass Chicago to be the number three media market. And, you know, that we could uh, sustain two NFL teams. Uh, and and I think I think that's very interesting. He said, it, I didn't really understand why some of the things he was saying, and I've never confused Mayor Eric Johnson as a guy who would be like a sports expert. So one thing he said, he says, we're about to pass Chicago and become the number three metro in the United States, which would make us the largest U.S. metro without two teams. But he's talking about, I guess, baseball there with Chicago. With the White Sox and the, and then you go to New York and LA. Of course, they have two teams. Keep in mind that LA just went about two decades having zero teams. I thought that was a little wild that he would just throw that out there like that, without realizing that two, we didn't have a team in LA for like two, twenty years. Two basketball teams, two baseball teams. Yeah, no, Hockey. I get it. 
Well, time. he's a politician, so, and, and, and obviously that would be good for him if he's a guy that's able to bring in another NFL team to the city of Dallas. I I just don't – well, here's here's my thoughts when I, when I first heard that. One, the thing that would make the most sense, if this area would be getting another football team, another NFL team, one, it would be AFC. They're not going to put two NFC teams in, in Dallas. I just – that would not make any sense to me. So if it's an AFC team, we'll just throw out like, you know, I don't know. Like it would have to be like, yeah, okay, fine. We'll throw out the Jaguars. Like what would make more sense to me is that they would put the Jaguars in AT&T Stadium and then Jerry would build a new stadium out in, you know, out this way, Frisco or north of that, like we had mentioned before on here. And then Jerry would still make money at that AT&T Stadium. And so there'd be a way where you have to kind of make it so that Jerry, if Jerry's still making money, he'll be fine with it. Because I know there's a lot of people, as soon as they see this, they'll be like, Jerry would never let that happen. Yeah, okay. Well, if you feel that way, then also you'd probably be like, well, why wouldn't Jerry be against the salary cap? Because he has all this money back in the you know mid-90s. Why would that guy want that? Uh, why would he want a salary cap? Why wouldn't he want to be the guy that can just keep paying to potentially win a Super Bowl? But he's all for the salary cap. Loves it. And what has that done for the Cowboys? The salary cap. What, what has it done? It hasn't even, they haven't been back to the NFC Championship game. I mean, seriously. So he's a businessman first. So if he somehow makes money off of that team, and it's a team, like you said, the Jaguars, like, yeah, is it going to take some fans from, from that may, might be like local Cowboys fans to then they're like, I'm a Jags fan now. Awesome. The Cowboys are not a local, just a local brand. The Cowboys are an international brand. So it's like the Cowboys are still going to be like, they're still going to have their fan base. Like, yeah, there's going to be fed up fans locally. That'll be like, I'm sick of going to Cowboys game. I'm a Jaguars fan now. That's fine. You do know that like Cowboys games on Sunday, especially when there's only eight, nine of them. Like, you know how many people come from outside of Texas, not even Dallas, outside of Texas that have season tickets that live in California, that live in other countries. Like the Cowboys are going to be fine, whether they move the Jaguars to to Fort Worth, Arlington, Dallas, whatever. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying that that, I wouldn't just sit there and say automatically that Jerry would never let that happen because if it's going to make him dollars and he's going to get to build a new stadium where he's going to get to make even more money off of it because he owns all of the land and everything around it that's going to build up more bars, more restaurants around it, more condos, apartments, housing, and everything like that. Like, you know, this is Monopoly here, kids. Like, he's not going to sit there and be like, no, I would never do that because I want the Cowboys to be the only brand in in, in North Texas. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that that would happen, but I just, the, 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 the thing that I didn't, I can't see it. I just don't see how they're building a stadium in Dallas. Where are they building the stadium at? And, and and why wouldn't they have done it before when the Cowboys wanted to do it? I know there's Could different Could they mayors, move them to a, an existing stadium? Is there Come anyone? On Come on now. The old Ranger Stadium? That's still in Arlington. Here, why wouldn't you just play at AT&T here, Stadium? Here's what I like. I, I like the, the idea. Go ahead. See, I like what John said there, though. So you, you, do, you build the stadium – because we all know that the Joneses own about half of Frisco, right? And north. Um, go, so go all the way up you, to Prosper. You, yeah. So you build the stadium somewhere north, but that is where the Dallas Cowboys play, right? The new team has to play their home games at a building that's called AT&T Cowboys Stadium. So the new team that is not called the Cowboys, they still have to play their home games at a stadium that is still known as Cowboy Stadium to most people. Well, they'll make it. No, they, I mean, they'll make it so that it'll be the Jaguar Stadium or whoever stadium. They would make it like that. So, it, I mean, yeah, maybe AT&T would still have the sponsorship, but it's not like there'd be like, like they would they would have a Tom Landry statue in front of it. And they would the banners. <laughs> but. I like the idea of a team getting neutered, though, and, and when they're they, playing their home games they would at, have, a pl- at a place that is still Cowboy Stadium, even though they're not the Cowboys. They would have Just Sky to put Mirror, more shine though. on the Cowboys. Sky Mirror is not moving. Yeah. yeah. And, and what about the artwork? 
Or, hey, what about this? What about like, and I've seen people tweet about this and it cracks me up. What about the idea of like the very, that, that team, you know, is, is one of those teams that are playing like a lot of like noon games and whatever. They're not going to lie a lot of prime time. What if they right off, right off the bat, we're putting drapes up. Curtains. <laughs> <laughs> That'd Curtains. be amazing. What, uh, so I don't think Jerry would ever feel threatened by another team. That's not the Cowboys in Dallas because of the Cowboys cachet, the history, the, uh, you know, season tickets, you know, you pay a thousand bucks to go to a game. But I think if there was a, a product that was less, uh, you know, gl- glitzy than the Cowboys in Dallas, a more uh, rough around the edges type fan base, um, I think th- Jerry would look at it as like, not that there's another home team in Dallas that's threatening my home team. I think he would just view it as another NFL team in Dallas. And another visiting team coming every week in Dallas. So I, I can see the fans like not becoming a Jaguars fans, but looking at the schedule of the coming weekend say, Oh, Dallas is playing Houston, but Jacksonville is playing Buffalo and I can go for 20 bucks. That you're sounds awesome. Go. I just yeah, love the NFL, not, and I'm going to go. You know. Yeah, but you're not going to go for twenty bucks or whatever I mean, it is. I mean, the reason cheaper than the Cowboys. Okay, by a little bit, because this is the thing: for them to get it, why are they getting it? Because they're in a big area. That's what. That's what. That's what the mayor's talking about. Well, that means you have a lot of people there, and when you have a lot of people, I mean, just look at like go on go on any of the secondary ticket sites right now and look at the prices of like the Western Conference Finals for the Mavericks. Like mm-hmm. all of them are over four hundred dollars, and like obviously they have they have would still have to win on Sunday, you know they I mean obviously have, have to get there and stuff like that. Like there's just there's going to be a lot of people that are going to still go to these games. Like you're not going to have any like this isn't going to be those oh yeah you can get four tickets four popcorns no. four t-shirts and four <laughs> bobbleheads for only twenty nine ninety nine that that's not going to happen with the NFL. It's just not. So it's still going to be expensive. They're not going to sit there and all of a sudden the people of Arlington are going to be like oh the Jaguars play here instead of the Cowboys parking. Two dollars, like the whole NFL experience <laughs> is expensive. So, like, and then you're going to be seeing a subpar product because, let's be honest, like, okay, yeah, there, maybe there's a chance that the team ends up being really good, but that's the only way I see them building a solid f- fan base is that that it's team only, has it's to be totally really good to for a long time. It can undercut because it's the so hard to build a young fan base, man. I know, it's but so they can undercut it. They can base. undercut them on concessions and beer prices and all that crap. They totally can do that minimally. I don't know. When's the last sporting event that you've been to that's on a, on a professional level where you were just like, man, the beer and hot dogs are just really affordable here. There's not any. Falcons. Ah, uh, the Falcons do have a good bit going there. But they have like $2 hot helping. dogs, something like that. They also have one of the most embarrassing rosters yeah, in the do. league right now. But, you know, whatever. You're right, though. It is expensive concessions no matter what. But also... Inflation. Keep that in mind. Inflation. Oh, that's a good point. Thank you, KT. Could could be (laughs) a recession. These gas prices. I don't think it would ever happen again because, like you guys said, the stadium situation right now. But could the city of Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex support another team? And would there be people there every Sunday? I think absolutely. Yeah, 100%. There would be. I mean, people – obviously, people love the NFL throughout the United States. I mean, it's pretty obvious with the dollars that – the, the league and is if you're making. talking about cities that have fans from other cities that just live here, I guarantee you there's a lot of more fan bases that live in DFW than a lot of other cities. 
Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of people that will like that team because of just out of spite because how much they might not right, like exactly. Jerry Jones yeah. or the Cowboys brand or whatever. So, yeah, they're going to get fans. I mean, they wouldn't move it to a place where they weren't going to get fans. Well, I don't know. I guess they did put an expansion team in Jacksonville. But uh, for the most part, I would think that, yeah, th- they would get support. Way more sure. likely a team would move to San Antonio or Austin before Dallas would get another team, in my opinion. But. See, that's what I think, Jerry. I think he would be more open to shutting that down than the one here in Dallas. Obviously, that team wouldn't be called Dallas. I think he'd be Texas their... or something. Yeah. Well, I don't think he would like that either, though, to be honest. I don't think that he would like, I I get where people are coming from on the whole, like, you know, that's the first thing when you hear this, people will be like, oh, Jerry will will never let that go down. That will never happen with Jerry. Jerry would hate that. Jerry would veto that. That would never, whatever. You can't necessarily say that. I'm telling you that salary cap thing is a big thing for me because I just can't get past the idea of where he was all about. And he still is all about. He was pretty supportive of the idea of the Raiders going to San Antonio. I think he was. Was he? I I felt like he was again. I felt like he didn't love the idea of a team in San Antonio at all. That's why I thought that was a rumor, camp. but then I remember at training camp, we talked to him about it and he was okay with it or something. I don't know. I, I feel like that's why he's had training camp down in San Antonio because he wants, because obviously there's a lot of San Antonio mm-hmm. uh, or a lot of Cowboys fans in San Antonio, you know? I don't yeah. know. I guess, well, they do have training camp in right I think he's just aware that LA, nothing, so. nothing can top the Cowboys in Texas. Come and try. Yeah. You know, that's his kind of view. In sports. Well, or, and here's the other part. I mean. If there is going to be anything that that comes close to topping it or can even rival it, if I'm making tons of money off of it while that's happening. Legends Hospitality. Wee. Dude, he's making so much on the, uh, (laughs) here's a little insight for you. Jerry makes so much on uh, hospitality business across the NFL. Basically, when they started AT&T Stadium, they opened a hospitality company basically to run all the events portion, all the suites, you know, all the attendance that they have, the concessions, the parking, all that is an, is a separate entity called legends hospitality. So when all these other teams around the NFL started building stadiums, the Minnesotas, the Kansas city, when they redid theirs, the Vegas one, the Atlanta one, Jerry swoops in and says, I've got legends hospitality. We'll run all your hospitality for you. Because we've already got it set up. And so he's running all the business of all these stadiums. And he's making so much on that that I think there was a stat put out there that like just with the money he makes, like he would be like a top 20 franchise in the NFL just on a Legends Hospitality and the income that he takes. And so he's taking more money in from that than a lot of teams are taking in. Did we talk about the, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the car accident, Jerry's car accident? No, oh, we, we didn't. didn't. Yeah, we didn't get. Yeah, John, Would I'm a little disappointed you sold the uh, footage to TMZ, though. I mean, that was kind of shady. <laughs> I mean, what would we just got done talking about? Like, if I can get a little bit of money in my pocket, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not blaming. I, I, I will say, um, with just like the you know the rise in popularity of TMZ, I don't know what would you guys say. Ten years is that too too short? Like, should I go back further? I would say the first legit story that they. They reported that was like a real one. They stopped doing bits. Was the Michael Jackson death? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll go back to that. That was huge for them for sure. Okay, the, so the, the, the tiger, the tiger stuff, honestly, that crossed over. Yeah, very well. So I mean, there was a Bryant, lot of yeah. gossip magazines that were reporting on all that stuff, but they came through with some stuff. It's oh eight oh nine, the tiger thing. But yeah, you're right, Michael Jackson's death. So what I'm getting at is basically. 
I would love to read a story of just kind of breaking down the dollar amounts that they had paid out over the years because, and and it's, and it would oh, be yeah. fascinating for so many reasons. One, to see how high the dollar amount is that they paid for certain things. And then the other part would be how little they paid for some stuff. When like you look back and you're just like, oh my God, that person sold you that video for like five grand or something like yeah. that. It's like, if you just would have held like, like you're the only one that has that video. If you just would have held out, you could have got, you know, 500 grand they would have given you for that. You know, there's got to be so yeah. many wild stories about that because they really are like, I don't know, like they don't really have a rival in what they do. Now you can, Hey, I could never do it. I forget the big stuff. I couldn't even stand. I couldn't even stand at LAX airport with, with a little camcorder and bug every random celeb that comes in there from, you know, Dennis Rodman to, I don't know, like they, yeah, yeah, exactly. They'll have all these reality show people that I'll be like, why did you even go up to that person? You know? And then, yeah, then they, yeah. Then they go up to, you know, Vince McMahon, Jerry, you know, it's funny. Jerry always talks to the TMZ cameras. They had the, uh, TMZ had the, uh, footage of Steven and the bus of Blandino. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. 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 <laughs> they did. Yeah. But anyway, um, the video, obviously, <laughs> okay. So the video they got, I believe it was from a, uh, dash camera of a uber or lyft driver who you know i mean i've definitely been in ubers and lyfts that they that's becoming more and more a thing where you have a you know camera that in case there's an accident you know you have proof of what happened but man you see that footage and obviously i would think that you guys have driven down that street and i can see how that could be confusing that because when you just look at it it does look like it's two-way but all four of those lanes, it is a one way. And that person's turning from the far right lane, making a left, like super dangerous, obviously not paying attention. But I remember the, some of the first times when I moved to Dallas on some of those streets down there, down by like, you know, American Airlines Center and stuff like that. They all of a sudden you just turn down and it's like, no, this is only a one way. And you're just like, I don't know, this really looks like a, this looks like that you could go either way on this, mm-hmm. but probably you should not. If you don't know for sure, you probably shouldn't just be making random lefts while cars are flying past you at 50 miles an hour. Oh, so it, it's on the footage, too. So someone's out with Jerry, and I know a lot of people are like, why didn't Jerry have a driver? Well, hey, we still don't know who was driving, right? Yeah. Like, it's still not. It looked like it was someone that might be like a grandkid of his. I thought he was driving. And was he I was, not? Yeah, I think he's driving. He was driving. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that I was. I thought he was by himself. What, but he does have a driver that he also, he often, you know, has he had a driver around. Rosie. Yeah, and he still and he had, and there's a there's another a new guy. guy. There's a new yeah, and uh, so they, I mean he still does, but it doesn't mean he always you know goes that. I mean there's certain things that he probably wants to do on his own. Well, yeah, and also <laughs> like that is on Harry Hines. It was around it was around six o'clock, but like where that's at, at Harry Hines and and Wolf, dude. There's like so many underground secret. Dude, on the next day on Twitter, Jerry wasn't even trending. It was Harry Hines that was trending. <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, and like, look, they look. There's a Harry Hines that has a lot of weird establishments, but that part of Harry Hines right there. Yeah, it's a long road. Yeah, the American Airlines Center. There are nice restaurants all around there, and so much construction. Uh, You know, it's it is that is pretty wild. But um, like, it was around six o'clock. So like, Jerry's like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna get some food." Like, it's not. It's not like everything is catered to him. Jerry's like, you know, I think pretty normal. Remember that shot of him. Buying a bottle of wine at Seven Eleven, <laughs> oh, little, yeah. little Josh's Josh's fifteen dollar wine. Yeah. What's yeah, funny is that he 7-11. he has his own brand of Josh. Like there's a Cowboys 
uh, Josh bottle. Like he probably has a crate of that at his house or could get it. He's just like, but that's the thing. I that's, need a cold wine. Jerry- he, he's just so n- kind of normal that way. But but that's Jerry Jones. Like even in that at the end of the video that's on TMZ, you can see him like talking to the the guy yeah. that he was in the accident and stuff like that. Like, okay, if you're Jerry Jones, you've driven down that that road. I mean, because Jerry lives in that. I don't know. I guess it's not Highland Park. It's but it's around that area, you know. And he's always stayed there. Uh, he's probably driven down that that road hundreds of times, thousands, who knows. And he knows that it's a one way and that you would never make a left out of the far right lane. And so I could see someone being really angered because that's a, I mean, you watch the footage. I mean, it's, they're pretty fortunate that neither of the driver of the other car or Jerry had any serious injuries. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty rough collision there. And he's over there talking to the guy and everything like that's That's the thing about Jerry Jones, like for being as wealthy as he is, like, Jerry Jones can have a conversation with anybody. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. That footage is shocking at first when you watch it, though. Like, it's like. Oh, they said he had a limp, by the way. He always has walked kind of. Yeah, but he he was holding his, you know, his leg. He was looking and he maybe scarred his, he hit his leg on the dash or something. But uh, he's never really like, you know, been one to run a mile, (laughs) if that's. What I mean, what I wanted to ask you, John, do we have a Kelvin Joseph update? Uh, I mean, he's been out there. He's been out there every, uh, you know, for everything. Uh, he, w- I saw him briefly on Friday. Um, and it's one of those things where the Cowboys feel like it's, it's best for him to be around the team and not just be kind of to himself. Like if they would like suspend him. Right. With that being said though, I mean. I don't think anybody would really have an argument if they were like, hey, you're suspended until, you know, more comes out in this case. I mean, I think that a lot of people in most lines of work, don't you think that's what would happen? That you would be, I'm not saying you'd lose pay or anything, you'd just be suspended indefinitely until more comes out with the case. I think they're probably planning on suspending him when more comes out, but now they want to keep an eye on him. So keep him around as much yeah. as you can. I think you're right. Right. And I think that's I think that's what's happening because that's what I mean. Mike McCarthy said he's been at every single thing, uh, you know. Even though the rookie minicamp is, you know, it's for rookies. Like there were veterans that were there. They work out. You know, they're in the locker room. They're at the training table eating things like that. Going, you know, watching film stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because I can certainly see why people think that he should be suspended. I see why people think that he shouldn't be on the team. You know, but. This is also the Cowboys, and this isn't like, I don't know, this is just kind of how they, I feel like they always handle things. It actually would surprise me if, as soon as this stuff came out, they like let him go right away. Just because I mean, of how the Cowboys well, have done stuff in the past. Yeah. yeah, and I know like we do that, and, and maybe it's because it's a Cowboys-centric podcast, and that's who we watch, but it's like, I do think like, almost 100% of the NFL teams at this point, what the information had, would still keep the guy on the roster. Like it still is a ben- it yeah. still is a business, and you're still like you have your assets, and it's like, well, we still don't know. So, what good does it do to cut him just to find out in three months? How do you think it would be during the season? Third though? on all charges, I think during the during the season that might change things a little yeah. bit for some teams, and I think the Cowboys are not one of those teams. Keep in mind, like it's way different because a, a man was killed, right? Right, but like. The biggest contract in NFL history was just given to a guy right. who's got a lot of trials coming up. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and and I think there's a lot of teams who probably aren't happy that Cleveland did that. 
Um, and I'm sure they, the league is probably not happy that, that Cleveland did that. But it's still, at the end of the day, you mentioned like Monopoly. So at the end of the day, it's all a business. Gotta sound like Stephen Jones. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's true. Like, it, it couldn't bait on a. And during the season, will you tell me, you know, th- this is slow moving. I, it's no guarantees that we're not talking about a trial on this thing. It's September, October, November. That wouldn't be so crazy. Yeah, because we don't know any involvement. We know two people have been arrested. So, yeah. you know, you logically see that. You're like, oh, these two must have been the shooters. They got these guys. You know, I'm sure a lot of people think case closed, whatever. Like those guys are going to face, you know, whatever life in prison, you know, whatever the sentence may be. But there's also a chance that Calvin Joseph had involvement in it. I'm not saying that, you know, you know, he, you know, pulled the trigger or anything like that. But he, I mean, he could have been a factor in in, in everything. Yeah, I didn't. Well, there's that. And then there's also that, like, maybe he's part of the reason it escalated. You know, we we Mm -hmm. don't know. Yeah. Do you think the Patriots knew about Aaron Hernandez's involvement in maybe, maybe not specifically uh, murdering people? But they know about his like gang involvement, right? I, I would I would be shocked at that if they didn't. I mean, I would too. I mean, the, all these teams have full staffs of people that you know work on this stuff, and that's their whole job. You know, former police officers, yeah. things like that on staff. Like, I would find it hard to believe. I'm not saying that they would know about every single thing that he was involved in, uh, but I would, I'd be. I, there's just no way I believe that they when a lot of this stuff started surfacing, they were just like, Aaron did what? <laughs> oh no, who? No, our Aaron. Yeah, but I think it goes well before. I mean, he had he had that yeah. type of a background at the University of Florida, and they drafted him. So, and you know how the kind of background checks they do before they draft a player. So there, there's no way that they didn't know that there wasn't any type of red flags anywhere. Yeah, and I want to be clear. I'm not comparing these two situations. You know, well, obviously way different. Kelvin could be uh, perfectly innocent, but yeah, I mean, you know, look, it is something that they're going to be having having to uh, answer questions about and things like that. I thought McCarthy's statements uh, were a little a, a little more than what he gave at the draft press conference. Yeah, yeah. And he's and he kind of kind of it seemed like he kind of went. I mean, you were there, but it felt to me like. He went a little bit out of his way to say, "Hey, look, I want to be clear. We did do a big inv- yeah, investigation, yeah. but we're still supporting home, you know? Calvin. Yeah, yeah. supporting. Yeah, he that said that. Like a Browns, you know, we yeah. we did our investigation, but and we're supporting him until we find out further <laughs> details. That's and we're going to give you three hundred million dollars. <laughs> no, not quite one. Um, because Baker is insufferable. <laughs> that's funny because I've heard uh, through some sources about Baker and. Apparently his teammates really like him, so kind of a weird, weird I, thing. I've like, heard that too, man. Yeah, it's odd. Um, anyway, uh, I one more Cowboys note, KT, before as we close out. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen uh, T. Will catching passes from Johnny Manziel in the fan-controlled football league? Because that's all I'm watching this spring. Are you serious, man? Yeah. I have not watched any minor league. That football. is no, I that, no. I just saw it because it. it's on uh, T. Will posted it on. Uh, social media, but I have watched a little bit of USFL and I, I noticed Lance Lenore, uh, catching some balls, former Cowboys. Great. I had not, I I knew nothing about the Terrence Williams thing. Wow. Okay. Johnny Manziel, T will, you know, doing their thing for seven fans in the crowd. Dude, 
Good for those guys though. Like go make go play. Go make a living. You like go play. Make as much you like playing. Go play. You know. I support it. I'd, I'd support I it, it or pay for any of it, but I will support it. Yeah, we'll see who ends up in the far. XFL here next year. Uh, real Dallas, quick. By the way, well, they will have a Dallas team for the XFL. It looks like in 2023. So we'll see. They can bring that crowd back out. Yeah, the they'll Bob probably Stoops make team. the mascot be a. Will it be Wade Phillips or Bob Stoops as the head coach? Uh, it's Bob, right? Isn't it Bob Stoops? Well, I know they they have they've announced the coaches, but they haven't announced what teams they're coaching. And I know Wade uh, Phillips and Bob are coming back, so I don't know. Uh, oh, one other thing I want to mention of the undrafted guys, the two best chances to make the team. Obviously, Jonathan Garibay. I think he's the front runner as long as things go well to be their kicker. Uh, but the other is the Marquise Bell or Marquise Bell, safety out of Florida a and Seems like uh, folks there really like him a lot. So oh, good. He could potentially uh, be pushing, I guess, I guess he'd be pushing Israel Mukwamu probably for that final fourth safety spot. So I don't know. Nice. They like him a lot. Man. Yeah, no, and it's, they kind of feels like they feel like they've got safety covered. You know, yeah. Internally, they feel pretty good about it. Yeah. As Earl Thomas continues to be in the news. Oh, boy. Oh, man. We won't go into that. We will not go into that. We will not talk about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case either. Let's talk about that for a second. We don't have time. (laughs) There's not enough time. I just Um, think it's, I just think the one thing about that is that it's got to be, I don't know, like just going into like a trial like that, just when you're watching it, I don't know, just kind of like, do you believe anything anyone's saying? These are two yeah. professional elite people are, actors. People are talking like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he's insane. She's insane. How about they're both insane? Well, can no, we they're just, not, can that be it? They're, they're both crazy. And sure, sure. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you know, like there's always some acting, obviously going going to be involved whenever anybody is yeah. on a trial and they're and they're on a witness stand and they're speaking and stuff like that. But like, these are two people that are the elite of the elite at doing that. So it's like it's so. Like, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I haven't stayed up, like, super close on it, but I've seen a couple of, like, you know, videos of, of them talking, like, on, on Twitter and things like that. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Like, are these tears for real? Is this? I find it odd that it's yeah. being broadcast. Like. I do, too. Yeah, why there's are, a war going on. For the entertainment. <laughs> like, New Mexico is on fire right now. Very weird. And there's a war going on. But, hey, let's see what the Pirates for the Caribbean guy is up to. Not much public interest, I, like. Why is this a public interest so we can decide where whose movie we're going to go see? Aquaman 2 or the new debt project? It's so strange. <laughs> it's so strange. Well, we'll be back when we're back. Um, I don't know how to say, like, I don't know. Like, right? We'll be back uh, probably, uh, I would say, you know, last week of May, maybe first of June. Uh, we'll probably take yeah. a week off next week and then be back. So. Cool. Yeah, and if there's anything uh, pressing, sure. we will definitely return with urgency. Um, for Father John Mashoda out there crushing it, and our producer, Kent Garrison, former rock star, current rock star. Forever. In my eyes. Rock star. <laughs> yeah, once you're a rock star, you never really give up the ghost. Um, I'm Kevin KT Turner. This has been another episode of About Them Cowboys. Rock on. Everybody. Rock on. <laughs>